Hey, this is Kelly from the Dolly Rocks, and you're listening to Rock Strikes 10. Oh, yeah. What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock
Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, another cold open, but how could I talk before that? I mean, that's a killer way to kick off a show right there. That, of course, was The Zoo, the Scorpions classic. Now, I already have Klaus Meine, like, right up there with some of the greatest singers of all time. That was indeed covered by another one of the greatest singers of all time, another metal icon in his own right, Bruce Dickinson of Iron Maiden. So that recording dates back uh, to about, I want to say, 97, 98, somewhere around there. That particular song was taken from a really cool compilation at the time. It was basically like a soundtrack for the wrestling federation known as ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling. And if you're a wrestling fan like I am, you'll know that a lot of cool things happen there. I'm going to dedicate that track to ECW Arena regular and fellow podcaster Eric Miller, one of the finer citizens out there. That's for you, Eric. I bet you know whose theme song that was. Yes. Yeah, you know it already. Yes, it was Bam Bam Bigelow. I'm sure you could see the highlight reel as that song was playing. There you go. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't know if Bruce was commissioned to do that cover, for the ECW soundtrack or not, or you had it laying around, I'm not sure. But I do know that that was recorded just prior to Adrian Smith showing up and reuniting with Bruce Dickinson to play on his last couple of solo albums prior to rejoining Maiden. Both of them did at the same time. And I love that track. I love what Bruce puts into that. Like, when it takes off and he gets to the course, pure flight, as I like to say. He just destroys it in the best possible way. I love it. Uh, yeah, that was like that uh, Band of Gypsies era. So Roy Z playing guitar on that track. I know that for sure. All right. So what we're doing here on the show today, simple enough. You've heard me revisit this theme from time to time, especially this year quite a bit. And I did say that I was going to break up the odds and ends collection with the letter D representing, and I would do it sporadically throughout the rest of this year as kind of a placeholder, you know, because of all these other different countdowns and lists that I'm working on. As Not that this is like any kind of less of a show, because I brought the music for this episode and it kills. Uh, this is just another odds and ends episode for the letter D. Of course, Bruce Dickinson, if you're any kind of serious music collector or retailer, always go by the first letter of the last name. And speaking of Iron Maiden stuff as well, and speaking of covers, all those things are abound in this next track right here. And if you're any kind of Maiden fan, you know that prior to Bruce Dickinson joining Iron Maiden, the original recorded lead singer of Iron Maiden was Paul Diano. And uh, from time to time, you'd see Paul Diano pop up on different Maiden tribute albums. Uh, you know, definitely a good get, you know, because he's definitely an important member of that band. And, you know, of course, you'd see him play out and about, and he'd mostly do Maiden covers, you know, off the first two Maiden records. And he shows up to uh, definitely one of the better Iron Maiden tribute albums, because there's a lot of them out there. Some are just, eh, they're all right. But I gotta say, uh, one of these Bob Kulik produced tribute albums, this one's called, I think it's Numbers from the Beast. Yeah, so uh, I recommend it overall. It's got some killer performances on there. You know, you got John Bush on there, Chris Jericho. Uh, like I said, it's an all-star unit that comes together for these Bob Kulik produced tribute albums. And you get these really neat one-off bands. So 
We're going to do Paul Diano, and yes, he's going to play a main song, one of the ones that he sang, actually. I wish I could find like one of those weird ones where it's like a Bruce song he's doing. I'm sure they're out there. They got to be, right? Anyway, uh, but check this out. This is Paul Diano doing a new recording of Wrathchild from the Killers album, of course, backed up by people that you would pretty much know from the band Testament, and like an Alex Skolnick and a John Tempesta. But right there filling out the rest of the band, you got Frank Bello, you know, from Anthrax. He's like the bass player from Anthrax. And Chris Trainer from Helmet, also there on rhythm guitar. And uh, Alex Skolnick aside, at one point, this is basically Helmet. So Frank Bello, Chris Trainer, and John Tempesta were all in Helmet at the time that this track was recorded. So this is basically Paul Diano with Alex Skolnick on the guitar and then Helmet. <laughs> So I know that's weird, uh, but here you go. Here's Paul Diano once again doing the great Wrath Child. Turn it up.
right, a little Wrathchild right there, Paul Diano on vocals, Alex Skolnick on lead guitar, Chris Trainer on rhythm guitar, Frank Bello on bass, and John Tempesta on the drums right there. Cool lineup, cool band, cool one-off thing. I dig it. Wow, does he have another main cover? Yes, yes, he does. And, you know, third main representative, second main cover of the night. I'm a weird guy. So, yeah. This is simple enough. So if you're a Dream Theater fan, uh, you'll know that if they are a fan of something, they will wear it on their sleeve. They go really hard with covers and everything, especially when Mike Portnoy was in the band. I had heard that Portnoy was kind of the guy that steered them into doing a lot of covers. And some people didn't like that in the band. Some people were fine with it. I loved it. I thought it was super cool because, you know, if you're going to be a prog band and do like these 20-minute songs... Yeah, then throw us a bone sometimes. It's good stuff. Also, like to know what else you're listening to besides Rush and Zeppelin. You know, like those are that's that's all good. But I like knowing that you know they like all these other bands. A good example is the second half of the Change of Seasons EP, where they're doing like Elton John and Deep Purple. You know, and they do that cool classic rock medley. You know, cool stuff. And at one point, they were even doing, like, album shows. Like, long before album shows were in vogue, they were doing top-to-bottom albums, not theirs. You know, they'd do that, too. But they'd also do these, like, festival appearances or European shows where they would track a whole album that they just liked. And I think out there, they actually have them doing Number of the Beast top-to-bottom, if I'm not mistaken. And so uh, they're obviously big Maiden fans. You can tell just by how they play. And I thought it was really cool. You know, they got to the Black Clouds and Silver Linings record. I believe that's what it's called. If my memory serves me correct, I don't put Wiki in front of me at these shows. I'm going to go with it. Black Clouds and Silver Linings. That was the last album they did with Portnoy. And man, if you get the deluxe edition of the CD of this, it's a three disc set. You get the whole album plus the instrumental versions on another disc of the same songs. And then you get a bonus CD of, you know, covers. And they do some killer covers on there. They do Queen and all this other cool stuff. And right on there, you've got them doing a Maiden cover. Really killer track right here. Nice little deep cut for hardcore fans. So you know that they're hardcore fans of Maiden. So why waste time? Here's Dream Theater and their version of Iron Maiden's To Tame a Land. Check it out.
right. And yes, that was off of the Black Clouds and Silver Linings bonus CD. I had to lean over and check because it's really easy for me because that's the last album that Portnoy played on with Dream Theater. Not coincidentally, it's the last Dream Theater CD that I own. Shots fired. I, I, I like Mike Mangini. Don't get me wrong because I'm not hating on the replacement guy. Just the way they replaced him really left a bad taste in my mouth. And I had a feeling that kind of the fun was gone when uh, Portnoy left the band. Just a theory. I haven't really given them much time since then. If you disagree with me, I you might be right. Let me know if I'm missing out on something there. But I'm standing my ground on it for now. <laughs> so there you go. To Tame a Land, great version. Of course, no perfect. It is Dream Theater. So uh, Portnoy would appreciate this. Let's segue over to something completely different. I'm going to do a twofer from the same band. Yes, they're all covers. We're doing all covers tonight. Screw it. Let's just do all covers. I like to find good cover songs. So it's just my just one of my things. Ask my friends. I've been making cover comps for years, long before playlists were a thing. Okay, so I had two odds and ends from this band. I didn't know which one to pick, so I'm like, screw it. I'll just do a double shot. This is a really cool band uh, from the 80s and 90s. Uh, alternative band, I guess, if you want to call them that. Drama Rama. And uh, I like Dramarama. I think you should definitely go down their rabbit hole a little bit. Check out some of their records. Uh, clearly, they have good influences. And I just really dig their style. So, yeah. You may know them, if I could be so Troy McClure, you may know them from a big hit song called Anything Anything. That was like their one big hit. I don't think it was like a hit single so much, but it's one of those songs that people know. It was used in things. It was played on alternative radio at the time. You might know it if you heard it. Oh, yeah, anyway, go look it up. I believe in parentheses. It's I'll give you anything, anything. Okay. Uh, but yeah, let's do two cover songs that Drama Rama decided to do. One off of a tribute album to glam rock music, and the other one was on their best of album. So before we get to this double shot, the first one I'm going to play here is from a glam rock tribute album. I'm not even sure the name of it offhand. I'm not sure, so I'll let you know when we come back from this double shot here. But it's uh, it's got some cool alternative and punk rock bands doing glam rock songs. And then the other one they put out on their Best Of album. And it was an exclusive track to the Best Of, because it never appeared on anything else. So that makes it a true odd and end, the new song on the Best Of, or an outtake, if you will. So here you go. Here's Dramarama covering two really cool songs. Just 
Drama-rama there with the killer twofer of these two amazing covers of two amazing songs. That first one there was Raw Ramp. That was an old T-Rex song. I believe a single-only release. If you have, like, one of the, like, you know, deluxe CD versions of Electric Warrior or, you know, deluxe vinyl versions, it's on there, represented, you know, along the lines of being a part of the Electric Warrior era. I wish that song was on the proper album because it's so great. It's a great song, but... Hey, that's the the whole British thing with the singles and all that. I I still think it's weird. But yes, that was them doing T-Rex's Raw Ramp. That was taken from a, like I said, a glam rock tribute album. It was called Blockbuster. So go check that out. It's got some cool performances on there. That being one of the better ones. And I remember one of my all-time favorite bands, Adonis, do a version of the Sweets Wigwam Bam on there. You'll probably hear that on some episode down the road. All right. And, you know, I'm not doing good service to newbies, and welcome if you're new to the show. I just assume at this point that only, you know, friends of the show, longtime friends of the show are listening. But just in case this is your first ever episode of Rock Strikes 10, thank you for listening to the show especially. So when we do a show called The Odds and Ends, it's an ongoing theme. Every show is a theme show, technically, and we only play 10 songs, no more, no less. These are the songs that basically just don't appear on proper studio releases. There are songs that go other places, like soundtracks, for instance, or tribute albums, or EPs, single-only releases, live albums. You get the idea. Basically songs that won't wind up on the best-of lists at the end of the year. They're kind of the Island of Misfit Toys, and that's what this podcast is, I think, to as far as other rock podcasts go. This kind of theme is perfect for a show like Rock Strikes 10, so I take a lot of pride in it. It's one of my signatures, so there you go. All right, so the second song on this Dramarama 2 for I'm all over the place tonight, but the second Dramarama song you heard right there was one of my all-time favorite songs. If you're a long-time friend, you know that Going Blind by Kiss is absolutely one of my favorite songs of all time. That was a, you know, bare-bones acoustic version of them doing it. And because of the time frame that song was recorded in, that might have been considered for the Kiss My Ass tribute album because they had so many people submit for Going Blind just because it was a song they had basically rediscovered at that point. 
and they started playing it on the conventions and stuff like that. Basically, you know, people like the fans and Eric Singer pointing out how good it was. Basically, I think brought the song back uh, to have a really nice comeback. It's unfortunate they don't play it live electrically. Uh, they've maybe played it in full electric a couple of times. Very rarely. But it's a great song and it deserves to be recognized. So yeah, like I said, because of the time frame in that recording right there, I think it was being considered for Kiss My Ass. It ultimately went to Dinosaur Jr. on the album. I think the Melvin should have gotten that slot, but that's me, and I think I'm right. Anyway, but yeah, they put that Going Blind cover for Dramarama as the last track on their Best Of album, simply titled The Best Of Dramarama. It's on the Electra Traditions slash Rhino Records label, and it's a great comp. It's a good 101 to give you an idea of what they're all about. Not that they have a lot of records. This was definitely a contractual obligation to get out of their contract, but... You know, if you see it out and about, pick it up. Like I said, it's the only place you can get going blind uh, as far as Dramarama doing it. So, yeah, on that principle, definitely recommended. All right. You might be saying to yourself, Joey, do you have another acoustic-based Kiss cover? I do, actually. I do. Uh, this band actually came together specifically to record acoustic-based Kiss covers. I believe they're Australian, if I have it right. And like I said, yeah, they just do Kiss shows. And when they do them, they dress really well. Real suave, real slick. So they're called Dress to Chill. Clever. Uh, yeah, but I really, really dig this particular cover version. And I'm a sucker for any Kiss cover that points out a really great song that most people don't know about. That's really what covers should do, is bring a song either back to life or open it up to somebody for the first time ever. I'm a big fan of of the 1980 Kiss album, Amassed. I think it's a great album. It gets put down as a pop record, so if you think pop is a bad term, then I guess maybe you won't like Unmasked, but Unmasked is awesome, and it's got this killer track on there. This is definitely one of the highlights of the album, for sure. I know Paul Stanley still really likes this song a lot. I'm sure he's heard this version, so I'm sure he really digs it as well, and you're about to dig it right here. This is Dressed to Chill, and their version of Tomorrow.
yes, tomorrow by Dress to Chill. Really cool Kiss cover right there. I'm, you know, I don't need a reason to be hyped up on playing Kiss music, but I did just go see Kiss last weekend uh, with a bunch of cool friends and Nola, of course. You know, it was just a real good time. So, you know, that may or may not be the last Kiss show I ever see. And it was great. Uh, hopefully we'll go see him in Vegas in a few months. That would be nice too. So that might be the one right there. That might be the last Kiss show I ever see. But if I can help it and they can pin down a last show, I think I'm going to have to be at that one as well. We'll see what happens. I think it's still going to be New York. We'll, we'll see. Anyway, but speaking of concerts that I went to recently, two days before that show, went and saw a really great show out there in Grand Prairie. Saw Rancid, the Bronx opened up, uh, full disclosure, Dropkick Murphys were closing, but I didn't stay to see them because I had to be up at like 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'm not the biggest Dropkick guy, I like them alright, I saw them, I saw them back in the day, I saw them in the 90s, I'm sure they're still fine, anyway, but that's what happened, uh, it, Rancid doing basically a co-headline set, I, I was fine, I, I got my money's worth, we definitely got our money's worth for sure, and I say all that because I'm about to play a Rancid cover, we're still on the letter D, of course, and I played this on the show a few years ago, but I love it so much, I couldn't not include it here on the odds and ends. And this band has no shortage of odds and ends, but I'm in just such a rancid mode that I'm going to play this. So here's our friends, the Dolly Rots. Give me an excuse to play the ID at the top of the show again, since I failed to do that on the Nirvana show. I'm going to be a good podcaster and have Kelly put her show over there. Thank you once again, Kelly. So here's our friends, the Dolly Rots doing a killer, killer, kick-ass, awesome version of Rancid's Ruby Soho. Turn it up. Yeah. 
Ruby, Ruby Soho. Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho. Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho. Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho. Alright, one of my favorite covers of the last decade right there. The Dolly Rots doing Rancid's Ruby Soho. I originally got that on, it was an odd and end the whole time. So it was the B-side of the Get Radical 7-inch or 45, depending on where you live. Uh, you know, so one of my favorite B-sides of all time. And I guess a year or two later, they put out a compilation on their Bandcamp page called Girl Groups and Punk Beats. And I think it's a name-your-own-price kind of bit. But, you know, throw them a few bucks. I mean, you know, they're awesome because they are awesome. And, you know, there's they do so many great covers, and it's all there on that one comp right there. So go look up their Bandcamp page and go check it out. All right, next song here. Actually, the next couple of songs, the next couple of covers, I should say, that we're going to do represent a really cool time in rock history, the late 60s. We're going to do one that kind of focuses more on the garage rock side of things and then also lean into the British invasion side of things. Two really great things that really helped out rock and roll back in the day. And if I tell you the name of this band, the name of this song, a lot of people may not know it just based off of that. But I feel like you're going to know this song. Uh, so the original song called Nobody But Me. Uh, so the song is called Nobody But Me. It was originally performed by a band called The Human Beans with a Z. And, uh, you know, so do you know that song? Just me telling you that? Okay, maybe you do. Great. Awesome. Bonus points for you. You'll know it when you hear it. It's one of those kind of songs. I could also reference the fact that they used it uh, to a really neat degree in the kind of the final part of the epic sword battle with like one versus a thousand people. Uh, you know, the bride taking down like the thousand ninjas at the end of uh, Kill Bill Volume 1 right there. Uh, yeah, so maybe you know it from that. But, you know, just in case you're not following me at all, let's just play the cover version and it'll basically get you there. So here you go from the basketball soundtrack. This is the Dickies doing their version of the human beings, Nobody But Me. I'm not afraid of 
by the Dickies right there. The band's been doing it for a long time, longer than I realized. Almost 45 years now they've been together since, I believe, 1977. And I did go on Wiki because, you know, I was just, hey, where are they from? So according to this, they're from the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles. So, yeah, the Dickies. Cool stuff right there. I referenced that that was from the Basketball soundtrack. Fun little comedy from the late 90s, one of the handful of movie ventures that Trey Parker and Matt Stone did while they were, you know, cashing in in Ryan High when South Park was just taken off. Uh, they have more movies than many people might think. Uh, they, you know, besides Basketball and Team America World Police, uh, some of their earlier movies like Cannibal the Musical and Orgasmo. If you're a hardcore Trey and Matt fan, go check those out. Very polarizing, but kind of cool at the same time. And we've been just marathoning South Park here at the house. I finally, I full disclosure, I've never seen every episode of South Park, but I'm a big fan. So I need to like watch them all in order. So I'm going to make that happen finally. They're just gaps of some seasons I just completely miss because they're awesome. And they just, uh, what we're into like 20 plus seasons now at this point, And they're still funny and still super relevant. All right. Sticking with the late 60s vibe right here. I know this is a Manfred Mann song. You, you might know it from a billion other bands covering this particular song. Quinn the Eskimo, the Mighty Quinn. It might be one of those songs that even dates back to like, you know, folk times. I don't know, but I always thought this was a cool song. And we're actually going to return back to the land of the Bob Kulik produced tribute albums. This is from an album called Harder and Heavier. It's, you know, basically like, you know, hard rock and heavy metal artists paying tribute to the British Invasion there's some killer tracks on there by D. Snyder and Lemmy. I mean, like true icons on here. And another true icon in my eye. And this is the one that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb on the record. I mean, Terry Reed's also on this. And Terry Reed, another one of my favorites. Tell you what, actually, this album has some of my favorite singers of all time on it. I think the guy from Cold Chamber's on it still. But all that aside... You got Lemmy, D. Snyder, Terry Reed, and Mickey Dolenz, one of my favorite, favorite singers of all time. And here he is, backed up by a killer bunch of surgeons out here. And I'll tell you who it is after the song. I'm going to have you judge this song strictly based on the merit of the greatness of Mickey Dolenz right here. So here's Mickey doing Man for Man's The Mighty Quinn in a very heavy metal style. Enjoy. I love this. Just ain't my cup of meat 
The Mighty Quinn right there, covered amazingly by Mickey Dolenz. And rounding out that band was all people that have played on David Lee Roth's solo albums, starting with lead guitars by John Five, yes, John Lowry, a.k.a. John Five, who played on the DLR band record in the late 90s. Great record, you should go get it. And rounding out there in the rhythm section, Billy Sheehan on bass and Greg Bissonette on drums. Yes, the guys that played on Edom and Smile and Skyscraper. Yes, and yes, that was from the Harder and Heavier tribute album to 60s British Invasion, a Bob Kulik-produced tribute album. I kind of like this era of the Bob Kulik records where it seems like they may have been running out of ideas, and they did that, and they did like the Sinatra tribute. I love it. It's super weird and random, but I love it. Rest in peace, Bob Kulik. You gave me a lot of joy just in your contribution to music and these tribute albums. Great content for the show as well. Rest in peace, sir. We love you. I produced Motorhead. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, and speaking of Mickey Dolan's last little thing here about Mickey, he just put out his own Odd and End release for 2021, so you'll probably be hearing it, 
hopefully represented here on the uh, best of 2021 episode which will happen once the ball drops for 2022 that's how we do it here he just put out a tribute album to fellow monkey mike nesmith michael nesmith's songs son strictly by mickey dolan's called dolan's sings nesmith a straight up reference to the harry nilson randy newman tribute album called nilson sings newman they even of course aped the same album cover so how could that one miss? I haven't heard a stitch off of that, but I can't wait to listen to it. I'm a little behind in my purchasing, but I am definitely going to be making up for lost times in these last couple of months here of the year. Trust me. All right. Last song of the night. So I just kind of realized this. So, okay, so this is from the Lost Boys soundtrack, and I was going to do a whole commentary about why do people need October as an excuse to watch scary movies, but I'm going to move on from that. Because this is really just, I just had a light bulb moment. So we're doing the Lost Boys soundtrack. Probably one of the more famous songs from that soundtrack is the Gerard McMahon song. Go look it up. Gerard McMahon actually wrote Is That You, which was track one on Kisses Unmasked, which we talked about earlier in this episode. And, you know, yeah, I just thought that was super neat. But yeah, closing off here, we've been playing and referencing a lot of the greatest singers of all time, in my opinion, on this particular episode this will be no exception right here closing off with a real epic here is roger daltrey doing elton john's don't let the sun go down on me here you go
CD mastering that I had to adjust and post, and cheesy late 80s production aside, how can you hate on that? Roger Daltrey doing Elton John's Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. You'll probably be hearing another Elton John cover in the very near future here on this episode. Pretty sure about that. Maybe being sometime around the best of 1991 epic spectacular. Yes, that is around the block. I do believe the next episode we're going to start kicking things off with that super spectacular. I think I'm actually finally ready to do it. Okay, I got a little behind in these countdowns, but I am still promising that I will do that. Also the best of 2001 and the best of 2021 before it is all said and done here for this year. How am I going to do it? I don't know. 
I'm stupid. I put these timetables on me and uh, anyway, no days off, right? Okay. So I'm going to end the show here. I'm going to send you over to my better half, Nola, to do the plugs. And also don't forget to check out the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Thanks for tuning in. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, our new kittens, Ruby and Ripley, get a treat. We're on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock with Joey and the great Mark Streakle of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRusa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRusa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it.